Hi everybody, this is Bridget Nielsen. This is Jesse Ventura. Hi, this is Luther Ricknow. Hi, this is Dee Wallace, and you're listening to Cinema Geekly. You're listening to Cinema Geekly. You're listening to Cinema Geekly. <laughs> you're listening to Cinema Geekly. Keep listening, baby. Coming to you in hypersonic ultra-maximum high definition from the depths of the interwebs and straight into your ear holes, it's the Cinema Geekly Podcast. Time for the Cinema Geekly Podcast, episode 186, brought to you by the good people over at Fandango. Uh, Fandango, to pick yourself up some movie tickets or a gift card for the movie fan in your life, cinemageekly.com slash Fandango, or click the support us link in the show notes for this episode. It is Anthony Lewis and Glenn Beauvais, and we are here to talk some movies. And really, Glenn, just movies this time, because there's, there's really not a lot of news there's some, it's in the midst of the summer blockbuster season, so there is some, like, box office news, but... You know, it's before Comic-Con and... Yes. Uh, which, by the way, I didn't think Marvel was going to be at Comic-Con this year, but Kevin Feige did say in an interview that uh, people who are interested in learning about Phase 4 of the MCU, like, stuff might happen at Comic-Con... Which is weird, because he also mentioned D23, and I figured everything was going to happen at D23, because that's the Disney thing. And as we all know, uh, we should, if you look at the box office, and after various acquisitions, we should stop calling movies movies, and we should just start calling them Disney's, I think. Because is this a Disney film, or is this a Disney Plus project? Uh, for what? No, just like in general, that's how we should refer to oh, it. Oh, just... Disney... Or Disney Plus. <laughs> That's all there is. There's nothing else. Yeah. Um. So yeah, we are. Well, <laughs> we watched. Both of us watched at least one thing that was Disney. Uh, for sure. What's the one non-Disney thing you watched, Glenn? Uh, it was oh gosh, it was. Uh, you will always be my maybe or something like that. Is this a Netflix film? It is a Netflix film. We're not going to be doing this for Parts Unknown anytime soon, are we? Uh, we might. But, uh, <laughs> no, it was Always Be My Maybe. That's what it was. Okay. Well, uh, do you want to go but, too into detail into it then, in case we do end up bringing it up on a Parts Unknown, where we will then no. review it again? Okay. No, I'll just say it's got a really good extended cameo in it, and, uh, uh, you know, if if you like Ali Wong's stand-up, you know, she's... Mm-hmm. She's, She's the lead, and then uh, Randall Park, you know, from Fresh Off the Boat. Yep. Like they're kind of the, the love, the lover is in it. But no, it's you know, it's I called it um, like the San Francisco version of Sweet Home Alabama, <laughs> um, and that's so. If you like Sweet Home Alabama, Sweet Home uh, Alabama is um, oh my god, it's uh, I'm blanking on her name right now. Reese Witherspoon, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, who is the guy? Uh, Josh Lucas was Josh the, the, Lucas. 
the guy who you know we thought was gonna be the next heartthrob yes. and now he's like a voiceover for Home Depot. Is he? Oh my gosh. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I've not heard Sweet Home Alabama brought up in many years. Oh it is on cable a lot. <laughs> Jen and Jen was a big fan of Sweet Home Alabama. Robbie loves Sweet Home Alabama. Like there <laughs> there was a stretch. It's not a joke. At least if I came home, it was either Sweet Home Alabama mm-hmm. or Bridesmaids. If she if I came home and she was home, that was on TV. One of those two things was always on. I honestly, no offense to Ms. Witherspoon, but think i would have gone with bridesmaids 10 out of 10 times uh <laughs> i mean i don't mind sweet home alabama it's no fine. it's oh it's okay yeah it's got fred ward in it you know and <laughs> candace Bergen. um well, i'm gonna talk about a very similar film to your rom-com it's called dark phoenix uh the last oh, okay, of the yeah. uh it too a romantic comedy it actually it's really not a romantic is it an unintended romantic comedy or no actually there's no, not really. I mean, Jean Grey and Scott are kind of like the the love interest, and it's they're not particularly unintentionally funny or anything like that. But uh, so I saw this. Uh, it is the last of the X Men on Fox franchise, the Fox X Meniverse, and I think everybody figured this was going to be a lame duck film. The box office. Whew, Ooh, boy, Glenn, I don't know if you've seen the the week two drop-off for Dark Phoenix. But uh, I think... Uh, so standard, a standard big blockbuster drop-off in the second week is like 50%. Uh, mm-hmm. I think Dark Phoenix had a 79% drop-off from the first to the second week. Oh, that's good. It's doing terribly, which is kind of a shame... Because I thought this movie was very much like X-Men Apocalypse, which is not to say that it's a great movie, but it's to say that it's a okay movie. Uh, this is the second stab at doing the Jean Grey Dark Phoenix story. Weirdly enough, it's legitimately a second stab because Simon Kinberg, the guy who wrote X-Men 3, The Last Stand, also wrote and directed this movie. Uh, he did a far better job in this movie, but still failed to really do the story any justice. It really feels like, Glenn, that that's a story that needs time to be built up to. Uh, you need to spend a lot of time with Jean Grey over various... Uh, through various adventures, I feel like, to, to build and lead to this moment. Uh, now, we had... Uh, Famke Jackson's uh, Jen- what's her last name? Is it? It's Jenison. I don't remember her last name. Uh, I think it's Jensen. Jensen, who played I, yeah. So she played Jean in the original X Men movies, and mm-hmm. they gave her two movies before they went with Dark Phoenix, uh, or Phoenix or whatever it is, and it didn't quite work there. And here we have. Well, also to be fair, they also. Waited two movies before they gave it to Brett Ratner. Yeah, that was. I was going to say maybe if it stayed in. I know we're not allowed to say Brian Singer's name anymore, but maybe <laughs> if it stayed in Brian Singer's hands way back then, back in time before any of us knew any better about Brian Singer, uh, maybe 
it would have turned out a little bit better, but it really didn't. X3 is awful, and this movie is nowhere near as bad as that movie. So whenever people say that this movie is bad or awful, all I can think of is, did you guys not see X3? Because X3 is way, way worse than this. Uh, X-Men Origins Wolverine, also way worse than this. Uh, This was a fairly competently made movie, but it was also sort of just there. So this Jean Grey is is played by Sophie Turner, uh, a.k.a. Queen Sansa Stark. And while she is good in these movies, she's been around for one movie. She just showed up in Apocalypse. Uh, They had even less time to build the story here than they did originally. Uh, They somehow managed to do it a little bit better than X3, but they still didn't quite really do it justice. But there's some things that are working in its favor. The cast is still really good. Uh, There's good performances. There are some people who are wasted. Uh, There are some people who are used quite well. It's, you know, a big blockbuster movie, so there's impressive visuals and there's some fun action set pieces. Uh, Things like that. There's some good stuff in the movie. I didn't feel like it was a waste of time at all, but it's also, you know, nothing I'd write home about. Glenn, you were saying before that you're just content to stop at Days of Future Past and then just move straight on to Logan and then that's the end. Uh, and that's not a bad choice if you're going to if you're going to do um if, if you're going to chop up the films and do like your own cut of the continuity. Uh, like Apocalypse and uh Dark Phoenix, these aren't bad additions, but you know, they're not <laughs> if I if I didn't see them again, I wouldn't be like, well this is incomplete without Apocalypse and Dark Phoenix. Uh, So, yeah, they're just there. I went three and a quarter, which, as I understand, is high. Yeah, that sounds pretty high to me. Yeah, there are a lot of people who thought this movie was just the dirt worst. Didn't Stephanie give it, like, a zero out of five? uh, Yeah, I read Stephanie Stephanie Mayo's review, who used to write for Cinema Geekly when we had reviews, uh, or written reviews. Yeah, and she gave it, like, a zero... I just thought it was average. Like it was, it was okay. I didn't feel like my time was wasted. I had a, a, a good, a good use of a couple of hours. I saw some decent performances. I saw an okay story, and I saw some really cool visual effects and stuff. Uh, I've seen far worse. Uh, so yeah, I, I thought it was all right. Uh, but, whew, yeah, it's not doing good at the box office. Uh, I doubt, Glenn, that Fox will make another X-Men movie after the box office results here. Oh, and maybe that's because, uh, yeah, that lame duck thing we were talking about earlier. There is no more Fox Entertainment Studio, and if there are any more X-Men movies, it will be made under the MCU banner. I guess the real question is how long do they wait until they go back to the property? Uh, I feel like it should be a few years before they go back, don't you? Yeah, I mean, you know, if I was them, I would just uh, wait until you needed the characters, you know, see how this next uh, phase is going Mm -hmm. with the MCU, and then be like, oh, okay, our box offices are dripping, or dropping a little bit, and, you know, people seem to really like these new characters or which way we're going. You know what? Bring back Wolverine. All right, let's find a new Wolverine. You know, that that's where I could see them doing it. Yeah. Or they'll just uh, de-age the crap out of Hugh Jackman like they did Samuel Jackson. <laughs> hey, I mean, I think it would work, but 
uh, you know, yeah, I don't, I don't know what they do, but, uh, I don't know if it were me, I'd say a couple of years before they go back to it, but who knows? Yeah, maybe I mean, they... They, they should probably wait at least four or five years. Like yeah. I would, I don't know what their next slate of movies are after all this is mm-hmm. said and done. Um, but I would at least wait until you kind of get through with them because, you know, you don't want your, these new characters that you have or the, the new, you know, cornerstones to just all of a sudden get yeah. sent to the side, you know? Well, there is this lingering rumor that new mutants got pushed back, which is actually the real last Fox X-Men, yeah, yeah. X-Men Averse movie. Come out like what, two years ago? Uh, no, it was supposed to come out this year, but they pushed it to 2020 and there, so there's lingering rumors that I've, I've heard everything from like, it's going to be dropped entirely. Like they're just not going to release it or they'll put it out on Disney plus or they'll plop it on Hulu or something to, uh, my favorite rumor is of course that they're going to do reshoots and, use new mutants as the way to introduce mutants into the MCU. Like they're going to do reshoots and retcon the movie. I don't know if that's a good idea, but uh, like if you, I don't know if you think it would fit into the, I don't know what you would have to do to make it fit in, but uh, there's, I heard rumors of that nature that they would do reshoots and kind of, uh, uh, you know, put it in because i don't know why they would do reshoots otherwise uh it wasn't their movie like marvel studios did not make it uh and so i'm not really sure why they would go to the trouble to doing reshoots unless they would do something like that but something that would work in their favor i don't know but there is that lingering rumor maybe they'll go to it much quicker than we thought maybe they'll go to it as quick as (laughs) as they're doing with endgame uh, we should probably talk about this real quick before we talk about uh, Toy Story. But uh, so we knew, I think you and I both knew, and I think a lot of people knew that they are were going to re-release Endgame because they're like thirty million dollars shy of beating Avatar's record. And uh, I just, I guess, I just didn't think it would. Did you think they would re-release it this soon? Because they're like, it's this weekend. Oh, really? I didn't know it was this weekend. Yeah. And they the the funny thing is, what I like is uh, they're not actually adding anything to the movie. It's like after the credits, there'll, there'll be some extra stuff. <laughs> so, oh, yeah, with uh, Stan Lee. Yeah, I don't, if, I, there's going to be some outtakes or some deleted scenes and the, uh, probably a Stan tribute and some other stuff. Um, yeah, they're 37 million away. Yeah. I mean, they'll probably recapture that, I'm sure. Uh, look, I... I mean, in the U.S., it's... There's, I mean... I I mean, yeah, there's Yesterday, which I want to see. But that's yes. not like a big box office type movie coming out. Like, they're, yeah. they were definitely in that lull period right before, you know, July... Fourth of July and yeah. Spider-Man and stuff. Yep. So, I could see them want to do this as like, hey, if you haven't seen Endgame, just make sure to watch it. You know, maybe get freshened up before you watch Spider-Man because, you know, it leads up to it. What better way to celebrate Independence Day with the star-spangled Avengers and Captain America? Pure capitalism, yeah. Uh, So, (laughs) I mean, I think they'll get there. 
there's a for people who might not or might be confused about this. Uh, I mean, I'm probably going to rewatch it just because that sour taste I still have in my mouth from the first time I saw it. Yeah, it's a great movie. Uh, so for people who are maybe confused about this or have questions, uh, these are the most common things that I've seen out there. But uh, yes, a re-release does count towards the original box office numbers. Uh, also, yes, Avatar had, I think, more than one re-release. I know for sure they had at least one re-release. It had two. It had two re-releases. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is not like some weird uh, Avengers are playing dirty. Because they re-released it like three years ago, I thought. Mm-hmm. I know for... they did the same thing with Titanic. Now... Like, yeah, I got like an extra like 60 million out of it. Right. So here's what's interesting to me. The, the thing that I find so impressive about all of this is that I believe I believe you're correct. I think Avatar had at least a couple of re-releases. So I find what's really impressive to me is that the Avengers are going to do this on their first re-release. Second, you could hypothetically sort of maybe make the argument that this isn't even really a re-release because I think it's still in theaters in, in various places. Yes, it is. So it's not like they're really re-releasing it. They're kind of just expanding the release that they have a little bit. Uh, Well, I mean, that's the whole thing with Disney is they, like, if you want one of their films, that's why, like, a lot of, like, smaller theaters don't like Disney is because you have to guarantee them a certain amount of screens, a certain amount of slots, and I'm sure that's what this is. And the thing that I find most impressive about this is that they've managed to do this with a summer release with a ton of other competition. Yeah. Uh, I would have thought they would have done this like right around Thanksgiving, like right before Christmas. Yeah. I mean, before star Wars, you know, and they could use it as yeah. a four year consideration bit. type of run, you know, yeah. Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. For best actor, that sort of thing. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure they'll probably do it with the extra added stuff. Uh, they say watch Robert Redford's last performance. <laughs> yes, <laughs> his real last performance. So crazy that it's not the old man and the gun, and that it's Avengers Endgame. His cameo. That's amazing to me. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure they'll. I'm pretty sure they'll do it. I mean, I know there's a lot of people that are like, "Why do they even care? Like, they own Avatar now. It's their record." And I'm like, yeah. I mean, it's not like they not, did, but it's not theirs. It's you know, not their record. Like they, this is a record-setting movie that they now own. But that's that they made, they developed. Yeah, they. Th- yeah, Avatar is not a movie they made or developed. They just over they the own course it. of. I mean, what they're they're technically their first movie that they fully did is after the first Avengers. Yeah, isn't yeah? Because it was. I mean, I know they the still first the Avengers movie still had the Paramount movie. logo at the beginning. Yeah. yeah. Because I think they had bought them before that, and you know they definitely helped develop it. I think but it was Iron, still yeah. technically. I think Iron Man three is the first MCU studio solo studio movie. They worked in conjunction with Paramount before, I believe. So yeah, yeah. Um, all right, let's talk about the other movie we've seen. Speaking of Disney, Glenn, because we haven't really talked about Disney that much this episode. Uh, Toy Story four. So. I'm curious to know what you think about this. For me, uh, I, my favorite headline I saw from this is uh, was like, uh, 
Toy Story 4 is great and they shouldn't make another one. Which I'm pretty sure is what I saw when when people reviewed Toy Story 2 and then Toy Story 3. So Yeah. Uh I'm curious I'm curious to know what you thought about Toy Story 4. I liked it. I, I three is still my favorite, I would say. Yeah. Um but I liked it a lot. I mean, Keanu Reeves, you know, the year of Keanu. <laughs> the Keanu Sans, uh, yes. Uh, I mean, he was great. Um, Key and Peele were pretty good. Mm-hmm. I like their little, like, make-believe thing, especially the post credit scene where they annihilate Bill Hader. Um, if you didn't know Bill Hader voiced the games guy. Yeah. Uh, but, no, I mean, I, I thought it was good. I liked it. There, there were a few things that... I was a little confused about, mm-hmm. you know, spoiler, whatever. We're just going to jump right to the end. Oh yeah. Yeah. Spoilers, the, everybody for Toy Story. <laughs> if you have not seen it, but the whole point, uh, like, you know, the whole, I, I get, they're not the focus of it at the end. Um, but it was really weird to me that you never saw ducky bunny and kaboom. Once they jumped onto the, the cover on the RV, it just vanished. And, you know, they, and well, yeah, Woody and buzz have their moment. And then, you know, the ends or whatever. And it's kind of like, no, they should be like right there, and I it mm-hmm. really was annoying me. And I'm like, they're right there. Why won't you just show them just standing there? Yeah. Uh, so it's like, because what about them? I thought the whole because I was really confused because to me it was like Buzz promised Ducky and Bunny that they were gonna find a family. So it's like, well, why didn't Ducky and Bunny just go with Buzz? Yeah. Um, so instead, they're just gonna stay and help toys get picked up by kids. I guess they found a new purpose, which again isn't really established with them at all. Mm. Uh, so there's like few, like if you weren't the main focus of the characters that were a little weird, and then like uh, canonical things like how many damn voices do these little voice boxes have for Buzz and Woody? Like it kind of got annoying the more Buzz was doing it because I don't think we ever heard the same thing twice. No, it seemed all of a sudden that Woody and Buzz's voice boxes had twenty new phrases each that we've never yeah. heard in any of the pre like the three previous movies those must have been the really rare voices that you hardly ever uh i'm sure i'm sure these must get thrown in they like have the, an algorithm in the there's an el- toy from the 50s so like, yes there's a yeah. there's an algorithm in the toy from the 50s there's a it's super a rare catchphrase there's no way that he <laughs> you know, i mean it's again it's not the biggest deal i'm not gonna like notch it and like the world building destroyed it so no but it's a solid nitpick though yeah, it is. It was it was a little weird to me. Again, yeah. you've done three of these already. They're pretty well established. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, the stuff with Forky was fun. Uh, I, I I do like this one a little bit just because it felt like they were kind of being a little tongue in cheek. The whole premise of like making a toy come to life. Like, mm-hmm. I, I wish they would have explored it more. Kind of makes it a bit of a horror world that they live in. Yeah, yeah, they do. Trash. Um, but it was. It, you know, but then whenever they shift gears to Bo Peep and stuff, and that was great. Yep. Uh, they didn't quite do it, but they almost upped me in the first five minutes of the movie. They yep. got real close there, um, but they didn't quite quite do it. And then, of course, you know, Randy Newman cuts in and sings sings Americana. So, yep. Um, you got a friend in me. That's a solid Randy Newman. Um, did... Well, it's just it's just Will Sasso's Randy doing. So. Yes. What's so? What do you think the? Because everybody, I think the consensus on Toy Story three was that it was a story about letting go of your childhood or knowing when to let go uh, 
of childish things or whatever it is, uh, just saying goodbye to that part of your life or whatever. You don't owe it. Now, I, I, I probably should qualify this by saying you don't have to. Like, I'm a big kid still. I still like things that are supposed to be kid things. I like comic yeah, book movies. Yeah, we don't need to be like Christian Harloff who says that he's been working hard five years as a fan. Yes. Um, but I mean, but I mean, the general consensus is like, you can, be a, be, you can be a big kid and not be a man, baby. Sure. Um, I think that was, the, so what do you think was the, I, the, the idea behind this one? Cause I have mine, but I'm wondering if it's just being colored because of my experience. I, I would say it's like a parent letting go and letting your kid grow up. Okay. Like that's me, exactly. Yeah. That's, that's what I was thinking. That's what I got. Because it's like, or I could be super cynical, and it's like, oh, who cares about where? Yeah, I. To me, when I when when this was done, this was totally like Woody is the father figure looking after his child, and eventually reaching a stage in his life. It's ironic because obviously Bonnie is still a little girl, but the way it's told it's done in such a way that the idea that it's telling you or it's telling adults watching this is like a grandparent. Yeah. Knowing, knowing when it's time to let your kid be on their own, which is, was extraordinarily tough for me because my oldest daughter is going to be a legal adult in a little under two years. So I know this is coming for me. Uh, and it is terrifying. So I, this is something we talked about before we recorded. This. Yeah. This is a thing that hit me in all of the feels watching this. Uh, it, it hit me pretty hard. It didn't hit me as hard. I thought, uh, toy story three was a better movie and it was more emotional than this one was, but this one was not without its emotional moments. I thought this one excelled more comedically. I thought than the other ones. I had way more laughs in this one. Maybe it's because of Key and Peele. Maybe it's because Keanu Reeves is awesome. Uh, I'm not sure, but I, I certainly laughed a lot more in this movie than I have in the others, and it's not like those movies aren't without humor. Uh, they, they're they full of it, but I feel like this one was maybe leaning more towards it. Uh, I don't know. I, I, really, I really enjoyed it, and they did, of course, the... Uh, the Toy Story thing, which is sort of like the villain who's not really the villain. So like Gabby Gabby is really oh, just as well. She's definitely, I mean, yeah, well, I mean, Toy Story, you definitely have like Toy Story two. There's a definite villain. And in Toy Story three, there's definitely a villain. Yeah. Yeah. Lotso. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. I was like, Oh, they're just doing the Lotso thing again. So it was good that they did like a, well, they sort of have uh, they they sort of like posit like in Toy Story two they sort of posit like Zerg as the as like a bad guy, but he ends up kind of you know he just wants his father son yeah. relationship with Buzz. Uh, well, I mean, Kelsey Grammer's definitely the bad guy. In the yes. One. Uh, so they do, uh, but they didn't do that here. Gabby Gabby painted as a villain at first, but her story is just a sad uh, one. Creepy ass puppets. Oh God. Yeah. The Those ventriloquism. by the way, I thought it was a stroke of genius that the ventriloquism. Thank you, Benson. You're also terrifying. <laughs> I, I thought it was a stroke of genius that the ventriloquist dummies didn't speak because there's yeah. no people, yeah. there's no person there to, to have their voice. Yeah. Well, they don't have a voice box. Yeah. So I thought that was, I thought that was genius. Uh, but I like, yeah, the Gabby Gabby yeah, thing felt skunk. like, RC car, the skunk RC car. Uh, 
the the little whatever it was like that little teeny toy oh, that Polly Pocket the Polly oh Pocket gosh. thing that was pretty funny. Uh, yeah, I enjoyed. I I thought that honestly, I thought the Gabby Gabby thing was like the best emotional moment in yeah, the film. It was the, it was the best. Yeah. Oh, when she just gets dropped in a freaking crate. Holy cow! Yeah. Well, <laughs> all she wants is this. All she wants is this girl that comes into the antique store. To like notice her, but her voice box is broken, and nobody's going to want a broken toy. And Woody eventually, I think, voluntarily gives her. Yeah, he just she kind of gives a heart pulse because he learned she learned everything about him, and he's like, you know what? Yeah. So you know, this means you have it. It means more than me. And it's like the me. big. It's like the big moment, and the voice box kicks in, and the little girl notices her, and for like a quick second, the little girl is fascinated. And her grandma, who owns the store, is like, oh, you can take her home if you want to. And she's like, nah. <laughs> and drops it in a box. I'm like, holy shit. I know. Whenever that happened, we were all just like, oh. uh, like uh, Every parent was like. And, these are, this is, and this and is a movie. Like, Why is this in the crate? Why would you put the doll down? Like, every adult in that movie theater was just like, oh, my God. Like, every, I mean, and again, this is a movie about animated toys. That are making us react in this manner. This is how good they are at their jobs here. Uh, yeah. But then when she finds that lost girl and the little girl accepts her because she mm-hmm. realizes that she's lost, the doll is lost, and they're kindred spirits. Mm-hmm. I thought it was really sweet the way they pulled it off. It was weird that they didn't use her voice box to get the kids. That was the one thing. That was, that okay, was, that was like... That was my one. The, they make a big deal of this voice box. And it's like, okay, well, she got denied with it. Well, let's use it again. And it worked. Yeah. And we or should. Everybody the point was that she never needed the, the music box to get anybody. And we should I mean, point out fun. that Gabby Gabby is one of those creepy dolls from a long time ago in the 50s, where if it's laying down, its eyes close. And then if you lift it up, its eyes roll open in a really creepy, terrifying manner. That was good. That was good anime. I mean, that animation in this movie was Tremendous. phenomenal. Yeah, somebody had shown me like a side. Somebody had put up a side by side of the dog uh, oh, from yeah, the first movie the and like a cat <laughs> from this movie, and it's like, holy cow! It's it's advanced so much. Uh, well, and uh, and what's cool is the way that they did Bo Peep is they used lighting techniques from the 30s and 40s. Mm-hmm. Uh, to lighten up her face to make it look more like porcelain. Yeah, they did an amazing job. The animation yeah, I mean, in this it movie is, is spectacular. It is. There, I mean, the first time you see the cat, it almost looks real. And there were there were instance, and I want to say it was on the playground, mm-hmm. and I was like, that looks like real life. Like there, there were at least two instances where it was the uncanny valley did not exist. Yeah, for two or three seconds, like establishing shots. Uh, when you don't see characters, because when you see the characters, then they're clearly animated yeah, on yeah, purpose. Yeah. But some of the establishing shots at times looked photorealistic. It was really crazy uh, just how far the animation has come. Yet, weirdly enough, they stay just true enough to some of the characters that it doesn't feel out of place from the first yeah, movie. Seen, like, uh, I was thinking about with like Buzz and Woody especially, whenever you bring up the side-by-side and the old stuff, and to me, they look the exact same. Yes. But- Whenever you see an old Toy Story, mm-hmm. uh, it's like wow, they really have come a long way. But in my head, like I've always, they've always looked like this. Yeah, it felt, it feels continuous. Pretty crazy. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, the design is uh, spectacular. Uh, and the fact, you, the fact that she's a '50s doll and it's voiced by Christina, voiced by Christina Hendricks, Hendricks from Mad Men. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, I thought she was excellent in this. I actually did not realize that was her until uh, afterwards, and I was like, wow, like, I was really impressed with her her vocal performance. In, yeah, she in did it. I mean, you could, I could tell it was her, but she did a good job of sounding like one of those dolls. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought this was... Uh, I thought this was a really excellent installment, and I think like they her, should. Her cadence was good. Yeah, I like I said, this wasn't my favorite of the of the Toy Story. So this, for me, this does break the streak because I thought the Toy Story movies got progressively better as they went. Uh, but this one wasn't as good as three was. But they weren't telling a story. I don't think that was quite as good. Like I don't know how you can tell a better story than the one that they told uh, in Toy Story three. But this was a very good story. Uh, that I really enjoyed, and I have no problem with them making more of these as long as they can keep this sort of quality up. Which direction do you think they would go with? With Woody or with... <sighs> That's tough. I feel like there's more interesting stuff to say aside from the kid. Honestly. Yeah. Like, yeah, away, cause, away cause from really, Because, like, with Buzz and stuff, it was he was in it, but, like... Kind, yeah. He didn't really have any character growth. No. I thought it was weird that he didn't know what a conscience was. Uh, <laughs> that was weird. I was it's like, your is inner this voice. Is Tim Allen's Republican? Uh, no, I'm just <laughs> He thought his inner uh, voice, but, he thought his inner voice was literally his voice box and just yeah, pressed buttons kind of and whatever it said, yeah. he did. You know, but it was, uh, yeah, and then like we didn't get to learn about the new toys. Oh, other thing. Oh, man. It was so great to hear Mel Brooks's voice in this movie. Mm. I was. Just nice little reminders that he's not dead. <laughs> it's important. He to was one of the. He was one of the toys in the closet. It's important to everyone. It, um, he is very important. <laughs> they uh, those flags better be at half mass when that man passes away. I am a little surprised that they didn't do more with Forky. Like I felt like when they some of the early yeah. marketing material for this was the film was going to be focusing on forky and like existentialism or whatever or what makes something a toy like i thought that's what was going to make you know the i thought that's what the message was going to be like you know i thought this was going to be some sort of message about like like gender fluidity or you know some some sort of social statement about like what makes this you know what makes a thing a thing like what makes a man a man what makes a woman a woman like does that does any of that matter like should it matter like i thought it was, that's the direction they were going to go cuz some of the early marketing material was like this isn't a toy uh and i'm like but it is like kids do make their own toys from time to time and if they make a toy it's a toy regardless of whether you buy it from a store or not um so i thought that's where they were going to go and they kind of don't uh, in yeah. fact, the movie is essentially like... He just gets held in prison with Gabby Gabby. Yeah, it's, it's, and essentially the movie, when it happens, they're all fairly accepting of Forky, actually. I mean, he's a little weird, but, you know, eventually they're kind of just like, okay, well, I mean, I guess this yeah, makes sense. Yeah, he becomes one of the gang. Yeah. Um, or even, like, someone like uh, Gabby Gabby. Like, you can tell, like... I mean, yeah, she's using him, you know, that kind of stuff, but... Uh, she never did any harm to him. Like she definitely liked him. Yeah. Uh, you know, whenever she gives him up at the end, she like, really wasn't that villainous. She was just sad. It just, the way she was presented at first, she was definitely very scary. Yeah. Uh, you know, and what she wants, you literally taking his voice box out and that kind of stuff. But yeah, yeah. it was, um, yeah, it was not, she wasn't going to, I think that was the thing is you just think that, Oh, when she takes his voice box out, she's going to, you know, Woody's dead, but 
I mean, it's yeah, not it like he talks all the time yeah. without using the pull strings. So they know, like they sew him up, and even like the dummies and stuff. Or you know, mm-hmm. immediately afterwards, it's as if like nothing happened. Yeah. Yes, I so. Canada. I'm yes, gonna. I Canada. Keanu, no, I just my. But no one can crash like you, Kaboom. My favorite uh, piece of social media from this was Captain America himself retweeting the video that Disney put out of Keanu Reeves just reading his lines in a booth. And he was <laughs> he said something along the lines of, like, they could put this in theaters for two hours and call it Toy Story 4, and I would definitely go see it. <laughs> just Keanu Reeves in a booth reading his lines, going, yeah, yeah, and, like, doing, like, poses from the Matrix and shit while he's doing it. Uh, yeah, we are definitely in the midst of the Keanu-sans, everyone. Enjoy it. Deserve it. Deserve it one. Yeah. He's great. Uh, mm-hmm. Now is the point where I will admit that I have not seen John Wick Chapter 3 yet, but it's... I will. Oh, man. It's good. I can't wait. I just haven't had the chance. So much is coming. Uh, maybe there's... I mean, there is a break. I do want to see Yesterday. Although I have heard a couple of worrying things about it, but I'm going to I reserve mean, the judgment. The only thing that worries me in the trailer is that they do the whole, like, Lily James gets jealous of him because he thinks that Anna the Armist is attractive and she's not as pretty. And I'm like, no, no, you're you're also pretty. This is what's yeah. not quit doing this Hollywood. Like, yes, you were Cinderella for Christ's sakes four years ago. Yeah. Like, let's not turn this into something you're not. You're in a movie. All of you are beautiful. <laughs> yeah. uh, was, I hate just I hate it when they do stuff like that. So, what would you give uh, Toy Story four? Oh man. Um... Like a four and a quarter? Hey, that's exactly what I gave Toy Story for. Yeah. Which is low for Pixar, I will say. Generally. Ish, yeah. I mean, I gave like Toy Story 3 like a five. Uh, oh, yeah. But yeah. the other Toy Stories for me sit at around like a I mean, four. Good, good, good dinosaurs, not good. <laughs> Oof, I've heard. I've not seen it, but I actually am surprised at how many... There was a time I'd never missed a Pixar movie, and now I've missed quite a few. Uh, I think the only one I haven't seen is Brave. I liked Brave. Um, it's not like... I want to say that's the only one I haven't seen. It's not one of the top tier ones, but have you seen like Cars 3 or... Oh, okay, yeah. I haven't seen Cars 3, and I'll just say I've seen Cars 2, but I've never like actually watched it It didn't all the way stick through. with you. Monsters University, I forgot that came out. I've not seen yeah, that. I've seen that one. That's uh, okay. Yeah, I am kicking myself. I haven't seen Coco yet. I know that's good. Oh, it is... I hear it's gorgeous. Yeah, I hear it's excellent. I'm excited to watch, but I just haven't. That one is definitely one of those. It'll make you cry. Okay. Well, I'm down. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm down to cry. I'm down. It's it's a good, healthy release of emotion. Everyone, it's not yeah, nothing it's, wrong with it. Uh, it's sweet, but it is it is gorgeous. The sweet relief of tears. Uh, and hey, if it's for a good reason, I'm okay with it. If it's like a movie is so awful that it left me in tears, that's you know, then we're talking bad. You know, that's X3 territory, everybody. Uh, I did not cry during X3. Uh, I should... I should be saying more stuff right now, Glenn, but you know what? There's nothing else. We're not going to hit an hour. Uh, we're oh, barely going to... Hit, and beyond. We're going to barely hit 40 minutes. I will say I thought that was a little... A little too much cheese. Yeah, it was. It was very cheesy. On the end of that there... It was not the Andy uh, Woody goodbye from Toy Story 3. 
where he says like so long partner or something along those lines yeah, yeah, yeah. which you know had me sobbing uh this was you know buzz and woody's goodbye and they so just said woody somehow movie. knew that buzz was saying his catchphrase to him and he finished it it's a little weird uh but other than got a friend in me yeah that's why it's uh <laughs> they did at least they didn't say that at least they didn't say that and that's the end of our story as toys credits uh, I will say the fact that they did Dynaco. I'm like, uh oh. Mm-hmm. Pixar isn't teasing around now. Cars really is post-apocalyptic. Oh yes, it's all. They're all tied together, all in one universe, as people have tried to posit. Um, all right, so that's the show. Uh, head on over to cinemageekly.com. You can check out the archives of the show, and of course, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn. Just search for Cinema Geekly and hit subscribe. Uh, and that's it. Uh, Glenn and I are going to go watch some more movies. And uh, we'll be back as soon as we've done that to talk about them on another episode of the Cinema Geekly Podcast. <laughs> <laughs>